0: Thank you for tuning in to the sermon webcast of Living Savior. We are one church serving in two locations, Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. For more information, go to lsavior.org. Christmas is likely packed away if your house is anything like ours. And we're rushing into the new year with a whole set of makeup tasks that didn't get done in 2021 and new opportunities that exist In 2022. But with all the boxes and Tupperware containers that are in storage, the attic, the back of the closet, did you also pack away the things that you were supposed to remember the most over the last several weeks? Do you know what those are for you? We may word them differently, but do you remember? I can't help but wonder, after the return trip, and a long trip back it was, just as it was to Jerusalem and Bethlehem, if after the wise men got back, they unpacked and then packed up everything and it went into the closets and attics of their homes, what they remembered the most. What do you think it was? Was it the trip? I mean, it would have taken a long time. The star appeared, after the child was born it could have taken three four five six eight plus months coming from the far reaches of mesopotamia it would not have been as a crow flies type of journey to go through the judean wilderness especially on the east side of the jordan river it's like worse than the badlands of south dakota if you've ever been there you just don't go through it you find a way Around, it would have taken them a long time, especially to get everything ready. These gifts were not just go to the ATM and pull out some cash type of quick thing. They would have had to gather all of this together, plus the caravan that would have been required. And you know that you have in your mind how the trip is going to go, and then the trip actually happens, and there's some bumps along the way. Might those have been both there and back some of the most memorable things that would have stuck out in their mind? How could they forget? But would that have been the thing they remembered most? What about the people they met along the way? Maybe there's some vagabonds here or there, people living out in the middle of nowhere, and those tend to be interesting individuals. And then there's Herod. Did they kind of have their antennae, proverbially speaking, going off as they met this sociopathic, psychotic individual, as will you learn if you keep on reading Matthew chapter 2 and read other parts of history about him? Did they kind of know that this guy's about a quarter turn off as an individual even before they had the dream? Or, or was it even the dream? People tend to not have the exact same dream. That's not how things work. That's one of the reasons that people try to kind of discount the resurrection, for example. Well, they all just kind of had the same vision. That doesn't happen. People don't have the same vision, especially hundreds of them, nor are they willing to suffer for a vision. So the fact that everyone saw Jesus, that kind of attests actually to the opposite: that it's not a vision, that it's not a phantom or a ghost, but that he actually rose. So too, with these wise men, the fact that they all had the same dream kind of told these men, this is true. We should maybe avoid this guy and return to our country by another route. Was it the star? You've probably asked this question, as have I. Well, what is up with this star, anyways? How did they even know? To follow the star to begin with. Was this like directions? so the voice with Google Maps says, turned left and okay, here we go. Was this like before Google Maps type of thing? How did they even know and what was the star to begin with? Well, what we can say is that these magi, these wise men from the east were from a country, an empire that had long had this think tank, a council of advisors. For a long time, they studied not only the stars above but also world religions, culture, politics in order to advise the king to know more about the world in order to function in the world. And for a long time, God had even provided a way for them to learn about this promise. Hundreds of years before the time Jesus came, these empires came and destroyed Jerusalem and carried off the best and brightest into their midst. And when they were carried off into captivity, God's people did not just go physically, but also spiritually with the promises of God in hand, including a promise that God had made 1,500 years before Jesus ever came. At the star, a star would appear to signify the birth of the King of the Jews, the Savior. And so when the best and brightest were carried off into captivity, People like Daniel, you've heard of Daniel in the lion's den? Daniel actually became like the chairman of this council, so to speak, known as the Magi. And so as they're talking about world religions, do you think Daniel took the opportunity, as he sits at the table as the chairperson, to speak about the promises of God, including the star that would arise among a group that already studies the stars? Might that be a reasonable explanation as to how they knew? As for what this star is, we know that the Lord is the maker of the earth and the heavens and he can do whatever he wants as he has the remote control, so to speak, of all creation. So of all that we can't say, we can say this. God used this miraculous star to lead these men from so far away to see their Savior and he even called this shot in his promises from long beforehand. He is God after all. Might that have been resonating in their hearts and minds as they got back? Maybe one at a time, all alone, they got back into their special chair late at night and looked up at the stars above and marveled how this all happened? Certainly, they wouldn't have packed away the memory of meeting Mary and Joseph and Jesus. I mean, imagine a long trip could you forget bowing down and worshiping a child? How that must have resonated in their hearts and minds. And Mary, after all, remember what it said towards the end of Luke 2? She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart, and do you think it just stayed there? She likely poured out the contents of Luke 2 before Luke chapter 2 ever was. Maybe the wise men were the first people to hear words like, and there were shepherds, and they were out in the fields, and then glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace! And if you're one of these wise men, how could you not imagine? How could you not consider on earth peace? That means peace through him for the earth, even to the ends of the earth, even including wise men, even including people like you and me. What do you think was at the top of their mind when they got back and everything was packed away and they entered into a new year, new season of life. You know why I'm asking that question? It's because you have to consider the same. You can't approach this this historic festival of Epiphany with, without having that right in front of your face. What is it that you, you can't help? I mean, you, you have to see. It's like in bold lettering, black letters on white paper. You just It's right blaring in front of your face. What, what is it that God makes it almost impossible to pack up and to, and to put away? Even as we seem to transition into a new season and a new year. How about this? The first of two lessons that you and I have to take away, might I humbly suggest. It is that you can be really, really close to Jesus, but there's no such thing as close enough. Who are these wise men and where do they come from? They are the epitome of outsiders who have been brought in. And if there are outsiders who have been brought in, then who are the insiders? who are seemingly on the outside in Matthew chapter 2, the gospel before us. How about Herod? He's the king in Jerusalem and Jerusalem is not that far from Bethlehem and look at what he's doing! Oh yeah, could you go tell me? Yeah, where do you you find him? No care at all to worship the child because you know what he wants to do later on. He wants to kill the child whom he views to be competition for his throne as king. So narrow-sided so humanly psychotic, this wicked king wants to do whatever he can to retain his throne. He would even kill family members if you read more about him in history. Because that's all that matters? And look at how close he is and look at how far away. Proximity, physically speaking, matters none. Oh, how about the, the teachers of the law? I mean, they got the Bible in their hands. Yeah, but you, Bethlehem, are by no means least among the clans of Judah. Out of you will be born the one promised from of old, from ancient times. Yeah, so you wise men, yeah, you go go ahead. And what do we hear about? We don't hear about anyone else except for the wise men going to present their gifts and to bow down and worship him. Maybe it's an argument of silence, in silence, but might I suggest that if you have God's word, this promise from long before from the prophet Micah, maybe, just maybe, if you gave a care, you'd go too? It didn't matter if they were in Jerusalem. Consulting the king, spiritually, supposedly, and they got the Bible right in their hands. You can even have that. You could be so close, yet unfortunately so, so far away. So how close are you? Jesus has not caused the constellations to move, at least last I checked, so that a star would appear and you would have to go travel far, physically speaking, to find him. No, instead, he has caused all things to, as we said at the beginning of the service, to be revealed. The manifold wisdom of God laid bare before us so that we would see what the Spirit had intended all along, what God had preordained, that we would have his grace laid right out in front of us. But we have his word. So? Just like those teachers of the law in Jerusalem, so what? Might I ask and might I encourage you to consider something. that You could be close to Jesus but if you start to think that you're close enough then automatically and by logical extension you are creating this insider's versus outsider's mentality whether you think it or not. If church just becomes something we check in to and out of, if the Bible is something we pick up every now and again just like we pick up our phone or the remote control or whatever else, if this is not part of our life then then we're operating under a close enough mentality. And what is that? Not to mention, if we operate under this close enough mentality, what are we also logically saying about those that aren't close enough? That we're the insiders and then they're the outsiders? How bad does that sound? and keep walking down this logical path with me. If we are insiders and then there are outsiders, you know, because they're not close enough, then all they need to do is just get a little bit closer and then that's it. Box checked. Do we believe that? Of course we don't! Of course we don't! Do you see how dangerous it is that we could ever view our lives in Christ as though we're close enough and that's good enough? Jesus loves me, this I know, and that's kind of all I really need to know. I'm not, I'm assuming a lot and I'm, conveying a lot, generally speaking, in order to identify an ideology that can creep into every single one of your heads and even into mine. And once we're close enough to Jesus, we create these standards and then that's good enough. How differently the Spirit inspires the writers to write. Describing this life in Christ as a defining moment of who we are. We don't worship because that's just an activity. We worship because this, it's who we are. Believers who are meant to praise God and connect with other people. This is who we are. We don't create these steps and then once we get close enough, by a proximity. And Christianity is kind of like this area code. If you live in it, you know what number to dial first and then you're good. No. This is a three-dimensional sphere in which we live by God's grace Our status, who we are now and forever, is redeemed children of God. We are family. Better than blood, we are connected together in the blood of Christ. That lasts forever. Maybe of all the things we can't pack away, no matter the year, no matter the day or the week, it is the close enough mentality. That can get packed away, but the fact that we are in Christ, that God functions to reach those from afar, this is who we are. Consider another thing that the scriptures teach us this morning. So you look back at Matthew chapter 2. You see that in the last paragraph, verse 11, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I don't think you gave anyone gold, frankincense, and myrrh for Christmas who was not closely connected to you? Maybe you did. Husbands, if you gave that to your wives, way to go. Good job. But would you go to somebody who's way out in the outskirts whom you never met before and present them with such extravagant gifts like this? It's kind of like what happened with the charity boxes. Remember, we packed up all those boxes and some of them we actually got to deliver and we got to deliver them in the outskirts of Henderson County. Thankfully, All the vehicles that were used had four-wheel drive, no joke, because the pavement ended and the inclines happened. Some of those roads are the ones that get washed out and some of those cases are the ones where children don't get to go to school and maybe even they miss one or two or more meals a day. You might imagine, as they saw a box of food, how overjoyed they were over a box of food. Imagine if we presented them with a Tesla, several stock in Bitcoin, and a couple bars of gold. You might think to yourself, uh, that's a bit extravagant. I think the box of food is probably a little bit more suitable. So these men show up to Jesus' house and they present them, him and his family with these extravagant gifts. Maybe you would say, wow, that's something that would be memorable for Jesus and his family. That's something that would be memorable for the wise men too after they returned home. And yet, of all of the things that probably was chief in their mind and I yes, I'm, I'm making an assumption, But I think it's a safe one. It's not so much the effort, painstaking though it was, the effort of presenting Jesus with these extravagant gifts, but maybe, just maybe, it was the gifts that they received from Jesus. How much gold does it take to earn or to pay for forgiveness? How many expensive spices in their day would it take to equate to the grace that God gives us in His Son? To travel home and to sit after everything was packed away, maybe, just maybe, they were able to ponder and tackle life anew with this response. I have an answer to guilt. I have no fear in death. And I have a Savior that loves me so much that he would reach me. He could have reached a million other people instead of me. But he reaches me. Dear Christian, look at where you are. Read the room. You could be anywhere else. You could be doing anything else besides what you're doing today. And so what is the chief reason why you are here? Yes, people might attend church for a lot of reasons, but chief among them, I will state and argue, is that you know that you're a child of grace. And in the gospel of Jesus Christ, made known to you that God would move heaven and earth and work throughout centuries and millennia to reach you, he has brought you into this position to hear that you're a child of God, that you live in the forgiveness of sins, that the grace of God is meant for all but it is meant for you specifically as God has reached you. Look at all the stars God has caused to rise in your life, parents, grandparents, teachers, pastors, loved ones, neighbors, so that you would know the manifold wisdom of God when he could have worked through any other people to reach anyone else, but he's done that for you. How your God loves you. So of all the gifts that are chief among your minds, still from those that that previous season of Christmas, maybe the ones that we can't help but keep out in front of us, not packed away, are the gifts that our God reaches outsiders, like wise men, like us. brings us in in a close enough mentality that gets packed up in a cardboard box in a tupperware container inside another tupperware container and we put that one away and that god would also give us greater gifts than we could ever give him even if we were the richest people on earth his grace his forgiveness meant for all provided for all and yet even communicated to us that God grant us such hearts and lives of true and eternal wisdom. Amen.